Hallelujah. You're not in the kingdom by mistake. And you're not insignificant. Your voice matters. Even if you haven't found your lane yet, your lane may not be where you think it was. You might have thought that was your lane. And the Lord's been trying to woo you over into this lane. You're like, I don't want to be in that lane. Soldiers don't go where they want to go. They go where they're told to go. All right, I'm closing my eyes. No more rabbits. Hallelujah, Father. Steve, I need that green right there. Thank you, Father. Just the green. Thank you, sir. Today, I want to share something with you. And this is probably going to be three or four parts. I don't suppose I'll get through it today, but I got to say this to you. If anything I've ever shared ever has helped you, this is going to help you. But I need you to consider what I say. You know, Paul, when he was speaking to his spiritual son, Timothy, you'll find these words in 2 Timothy. He told Timothy, he said, consider what I say, for the Lord will give you understanding. If you don't consider what is being told you, you'll never gain understanding, and that's in any arena. Hear what I'm saying? If somebody comes to you with an opportunity, be it an investment, a business, a new idea, an education, uh, a revelation, and you don't at least consider what they say, you will never gain understanding because before there comes understanding, there has to be consideration. Consider what I say, for the Lord will give you understanding. If there's no consideration, if you shut it down, you'll never gain an understanding. You following me? Lewis, how many people do you think you have presented your business opportunity to? Thousands? Has anyone ever understood the opportunity that didn't consider what you said? No, because they got to consider it first. They got to be willing to listen. If they listen, they'll gain understanding. That's a reality of life. Are y'all listening to me? Never think, I don't need to hear this. Because you might find out after seeking, considering what they're saying, that you understand that's wrong. And you can discard it. But you got to consider what is being said. So when, when I'm presenting what I'm presenting to you this morning, don't think, well, he's just out to do this or that or prejudge what my motives are. My motives this morning are to bring all of us to such a place that no matter what happens in the world, we're immune to it. The church of the living God is never meant to be victimized by the decisions of men, be they Nero, Caesar, or the Democrat or Republican Party. We are meant to be in the world, but not of the world. You are born of greater stuff than the world understands. One of the reasons why you're not applauded and appreciated is because the world doesn't get you because you're not of it. So don't live below it. Live above it. Consider what I say. Hallelujah, Father. I want to start out this morning in Proverbs chapter 27. The title of this morning's message is Living a Life Money Can't Buy. Living a Life Money Can't Buy. The Bible does not paint a picture, a pretty picture of the end times. You all know that, right? And listen, I'm not a doom and gloom type of guy. I'm a blab it and grab it type of guy. Right? I believe in faith. 
But faith does not see danger down the road, close its eyes, and just keep walking. It'd be, it'd be like you're walking down a country lane and you see a lion, a hungry lion, a vicious lion in front of you. You see it. But you think, I'm a faith person, so I'm going to ignore the lion. And you close your eyes and you keep walking, declaring, there is no lion, there is no lion, there is no lion, there is no lion. And then the last sound you hear is the crunch. <laughs> as you become lunch. Your declaration and denial of the fact that there was no lion did not remove the lion. So what the Bible tells us is going to happen in the end times is going to happen. Faith is not a denial. Faith is the admission of something greater than the lion in the street. Proverbs chapter 27, verse 12. A prudent person, a wise person, foresees danger and takes precautions. The simpleton goes blindly on and suffers the consequences. The contemporary English words it this way, don't be stupid and walk right into trouble. There will come a time when the economic system of this world will collapse. And you don't even got to be a biblical prophecy person to get that. All you got to do is understand economy. We live on what's called a fiat economy, meaning nothing supports it except the, the, the vows of politicians, and we all know what that's worth. Y'all with me? So what are you going to do when the money fails? What are you going to do when the Babylonian system collapses? We need to learn how to live a life that money can't buy. Because the world is lapsing into darkness. Go to with me in this. Don't get down. Listen, this is, this is, this is, listen. When darkness covered the land of Egypt, it didn't affect the Hebrews. Right? Mother Edward, you prophesied one time about a year ago. We were still in that other facility in about two tornadoes. Do you remember that? And you said that, that you were talking about, you said the ones who were in the ark or in Christ were going to be safe. The rest were going to be swept away. See, you and I got to understand, man, the church ain't a club. The church is the body of Christ, and we are in another kingdom. We look and we see, and we sometimes we feel like we're part of that kingdom, but we ain't no part of that kingdom. We're a completely different species. We might have ten fingers and ten toes just like them, but that's where the similarity ends. I'm a child of the living God. I'm a creature of light. My needs are met according to his riches and glory, not according to the local economy. And sometimes it's a struggle to believe. But listen, the Bible doesn't say faith is easy. I've said it many times. If walking by faith was easy, everyone would be doing it. But the truth of the matter is not a lot of people are walking by faith because in order to walk by faith, you've got to learn to not walk by sight. And sometimes walking by faith is going to put you in uncomfortable positions. We all celebrate Peter walking on water. But don't you know that first step? Rabbit. I tried to ignore him. 
Here's another one. This is good. Don't miss this. This every the step, the first step into the supernatural is natural. The first step into the supernatural is always natural. If we don't get that, we'll always wonder where the supernatural experiences are. The supernatural always begins with the natural. Peter didn't walk on water until he flung his feet over the edge. That was natural. Years ago, Larry Wilbur, will, he and I were talking about this. He and I were both part of the same youth group when I, 38 years ago, I suppose it was. We had over 2,000 young people in our youth group. I had just gotten saved and I was immersed into this youth group and it was most exciting and amazing thing. Raised Roman Catholic, then went full-blown drug addict. I knew nothing, and when I say nothing, baby, I mean nothing about the Pentecostal expression. In the Catholic Church, we didn't see people do the hop and jump and bump in the Church of God jerk. We never saw that. So we were at this crossfire, and this is a rabbit, but this is a good rabbit. We were at this crossfire youth camp, and Glenn Berto and the band was just laying it down and everyone was celebrating and everyone was jumping and they were twirling and they were, they were charismatics when I had never heard the word. And I'm standing over in the corner watching these people worship God. Wanting to worship God that way. Wanting everything in me. Wanting to celebrate. I just gotten saved. I wanted to worship God like that. And I wanted it so badly that I was literally crying tears. And I was wailing, God, I want to dance. I want to dance. Oh, I want to dance. And between the music and my wailing, I heard the divine voice and I knew the voice because this was the same voice that when I was on my motorcycle traveling to Louisiana for the purpose of killing myself, would speak inside my helmet and say, when you get to Louisiana, you'll give your life to me and serve me all the days of your life. I knew the voice. I didn't know whose voice it was, but I knew it. Because I would argue with the voice and I'd say, I ain't serving nobody. And when I get to Louisiana, I'm doing what I want to do, which was kill myself. And the voice would whisper again, when you get to Louisiana, you'll give your life to me and serve me every day of your life. And I would whisper back, I don't know who you are. I ain't serving nobody. Well, guess what? That voice won. And this was the same voice that finally broke through all of my wailing. Now, hear me when I say this. I heard the divine voice say these words, and this was 38 years ago, and I can remember it. So dance. That's powerful right there. Don't, don't. I wanted to dance. But what I was thinking was going to happen, what I thought, all these, I thought there were angels that had the top, the hair of everybody, and they were doing this. I knew that. I knew that they were possessed, and they were bouncing because angels were bouncing them like basketballs. And I was waiting for the angel to grab my mullet, and yes, I still had one back then. I was waiting for the angel to grab me by the hair of the head and bounce me. And that never happened. What I heard the Lord say was, you want to dance so the first step into the supernatural is always natural. 
Do you know how many times I've had people come up to me after service and say, Pastor, oh my God, Pastor, oh my God. And I'm like, what? And they're like, during service, I wanted to get up and run. Why didn't you? You want to run? Run. Yes. Pastor, when you were preaching, oh my God, it just hit me. I wanted to shout. Really? Yeah. It's just like, why didn't you? See, all of us have this idea that we're going to get possessed, not be in control, and the Holy Spirit's going to make us do these things. If you want to live a, y'all listening to me, if you and I want to live supernaturally, you better start naturally. It takes a natural step. You want to walk on water, step out of the boat. You want to shout, then shout. You want to run, then run. You want to prophesy, then open up thy mouth. But pastor, what if I'm wrong? I don't think the kingdom will stop. You're all following me. The reason I'm saying this is this. If we want to live a supernatural life, the first step into the supernatural life is going to be something that we are completely in control of. We can either choose to do it or not. But if we choose not to take that first step, we'll never arrive into the arena of the supernatural. The supernatural is waiting for all of us. You were ordained and birthed by God to live a supernatural life. You are not meant to live naturally. You're not meant. Is this okay this morning? You're not meant. God never intended for you to live naturally. He wants you to live super naturally. He wants your needs to be met in the most uncommon and extraordinary of ways. He still knows how to send ravens. He still knows how to cause water to flow from a rock. He still knows the recipe for manna. God can do everything he's ever done because he is the Lord that changeth not. He wants you and I to learn to live a life that money can't buy. So it doesn't matter what your income level is. You can live beyond it. You can live above it. Is this okay? Isaiah chapter 60, I'm telling you, this is going to help you. And if it don't help you, it'll help me, and that's really all that matters. Because as for me and my house, we ain't going down. Isaiah chapter 60, verse 2 through 7. For behold, darkness will cover the earth, and deep darkness the peoples. But, that word but's wonderful. Because the word but negates everything that came before it. Every husband knows this. If your wife comes home with a new hairstyle and she says, baby, what do you think about my haircut? And you say, oh, I think it looks beautiful, but what you're about to say negates what you just said. She comes, follow me. She comes home with a new outfit. Baby, what do you think about my dress? Oh, it looks beautiful, but it makes you look kind of plump. And then you wonder why you're sleeping outside. But I said you were beautiful. No, what you said was plump. But no, I said beautiful first, but you interjected but. 
If you're newly married, learneth thou with this lesson. What comes after the word but is all important. So the Lord said, darkness will cover the earth. And deep darkness. The King James says it's gross. A gro you ever wonder why people do such asinine things? That's not a cuss word. It's in the dictionary. I looked it up. Why do they do things? Because they're covered in darkness. And their minds have grown dark because they've rejected the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But the Lord will rise upon you and his glory will appear upon you. There's two things happening at the same time. The world is getting darker and darker, but the glory of the church is growing brighter and brighter at the same time. So we look, but we do not partake. And the nations will come to your light. Whose light? Your light. I'm working on a sermon. I'll probably bring it in about a month or so if the Holy Spirit marinates it enough. But the Lord asked me a question a couple weeks ago. He said, what will you do when the world grows dark? And my instant thought was, shine, baby, shine. When the world, have you, listen, have you ever noticed if it's pitch black outside and there's a little light out in the middle of your yard, you can see it. The other night, my wife couldn't sleep because there was a light out in our backyard bothering her. It was the charger on my lawnmower. It's little. And she's standing at the window going, what is that light? I can't sleep. There's a light out there. She wanted me to go out there in my underwear. Don't picture that. It ain't pretty. Edit that out. Too much information. I know. I got no filters. She said, go out there and shut it down. I said, close your eyes. It's a little light. When the world goes dark, they're going to come to your light because you're going to be out there flickering. So you don't have to be afraid because the light that shines upon you and from within you is not dependent upon anything else. He is light. He is light. Yes. So if he's in you, you are a creature of light. Why would you surrender to be normal? For you to become normal is a demotion. I got to hurry up. I'm not off the first page, y'all. I got 11 of them. And nations will come to your light and can't. We may not get to page two. And glory will appear upon you and nations will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising. Mighty kings will come to see your radiance. Remember, this is so similar to what Matthew said about the coming of the Messiah. When the Messiah came, Matthew wrote these words. He said, those who dwelt in darkness saw a great light. As Christ was the answer, you are the answer. 
for you're his representatives. You and I've got a job to do. Verse 4, lift up your eyes round about and see. They all gather together. They come to you. Your sons will come from afar and your daughters will be carried in the arms. Then you will see and be radiant and your heart will thrill and rejoice because the abundance of the sea will be turned to you. The wealth of the nations will come to you. When does this take place? When the darkness increases on the earth. Listen, there will be those who when they see the economic system that they have trusted in and invested in fail, they will come to their, with their wealth to you because you ain't failing. Ah, oh, yeah, let me see. There are those who are part of the system because they know no better. They've invested in the system. They're part of the system. Their hope is in the system. But when that system fails, they're going to look and see a light blinking out in the middle of the yard and they're going to pick up their stuff and they're going to come to you and they're going to say, I need to put my stuff with you. It's in here. And if it's written, our uncertainty is unnecessary. So when things go dark, it's the best time to be a Christian. And you want to know when our voice is going to be the most clarion call on the planet? When everyone else is f stutters in fear. A life that money can't buy. Okay, I said this is going to be a multi-part. It's going to be a very long multi-part. Where was I? Verse 5? No, verse 6. A multitude of camels will cover you. The young Do you know what a camel was in the Old Testament? It's a semi-truck. It's what they used to carry a large quantity. God's going to say, listen, God, what God is saying here is if you'll walk by faith, if you won't let your light grow dim, if you'll not grow weary in well-doing, there is coming a time, saith the Lord. He is not a man that he would lie. If he said it, he will make it come to pass. Listen, remember what I told you. Those who are faith-filled, they live focused on expectations, not experiences. It doesn't matter if you've gone through 20 years of lack. It doesn't matter if you've gone through 30 years of lack. There will come a day when lack will not be a part of your life anymore because you have let patience, the, the ability to stand in the will of God, have its perfect work in you, and you lack for nothing. Because trucks are lined up in your road and all your neighbors are going, what in the world is going on over there? And you just say, they're delivering more stuff. When it takes a convoy of trucks pulling up in front of the church, loading things up. I heard y'all needed two new TV cameras. Well, I didn't know we did. Well, I here they are. You know what we're going to say? We're going to say what Brother Hagen said. I don't doubt it for a minute. Thank you. Thank you very much. Are y'all ready to receive? Do you think it's possible that you and I can live a life that money can't buy? Mm. The young camels of Midian and Ephath, all those from Sheba will come. They will bring gold and frankincense and will bear good news of the praises of the Lord. 
All the flocks of Kadar will be gathered together to you. The rams of Neboeth will minister to you. They will go up with acceptance on my altar and I shall glorify my glorious house. Mm -mm -mm. Let's all say this together. Can you all give me till quarter after? Let's say this together. I am part of a supernatural family. I live by supernatural means. I live a life that money can't buy. My future is bright. My future is secure. My future is super. So it doesn't matter how high gas goes. It just doesn't, man. Because God said he'll supply all of your needs. When you walk into the grocery store and it says $100 for a loaf of Wonder Bread, what are you going to do? Freak out? No, you're going you're gonna to be well-resourced. Your God supplies all of your needs. Well, pastor, I don't know nothing about that. You know, everyone in my family's broke. Well, kudos, so what? If everyone in your family died of cancer at 50, you're going to do the same thing? Come on. Are we different? Are we weird? Are we marked by the supernatural? So if everyone in your family dies at an early age, that doesn't mean you got to. Because he said in his word, with a long life, I'll satisfy you and show you my salvation. If the legacy of your family, your natural family, has always been broke, busted, and disgusted, then you start a brand new legacy. You start it all over again. Because it doesn't matter what happened to Uncle Joe and Aunt Sue and... It all starts new with me. Why? Because old things, all old things, all the old things, they've all passed away. And behold, take a look. All things are new. Amen? Hallelujah, Father. So please hear me when I say this. We can't afford to live naturally in the days to come. We've got to live supernaturally. So I'm not going to get through this, but over the next couple of weeks, I want to give you 10 steps. These are all natural steps, but they lead to a supernatural place. And these 10 steps I took from a man named David Green. You maybe have heard of him, maybe you haven't. He's the owner of Hobby Lobby and a multitude of other companies. His net worth is about $10 billion, personal. And even at $10 billion, you know what the Lord told him? You're living limited. (laughs) Let me live that limited life. The Lord told him, you're living limited. You need to learn to trust me. And so the Lord gave him these 10 steps. Go with me to Isaiah 55. Isaiah 55 verse 1. We're not at step one yet, and we're not probably going to get there today. Is anyone thirsty? This is Isaiah 55, verse 1. Is anyone thirsty? Come and drink. Even if you have no money, come, take your choice of wine or milk. It's all free. Now, I want you to, all of us have heard this verse, but I want you to understand the background because for years I didn't quite get it. And then in reading a certain commentary, they open it up this way, that the people of God, the Jewish people, were called to be priests and prophets. Their calling 
among the nations of the world were to be priests and prophets. They were called to be the light of the nations. During the time of the Babylonian captivity, they had surrendered their place as priests and prophets, and they had learned to be merchants. Hear me when I say this. They had surrendered their right to live supernaturally because they were in a foreign country and they, they gave in to the foreign system and they learned to be merchants. Now they became good merchants and to this day, the Jews are known, known more for their business acumen than they are their spiritual. You say Jew and most people think businessman. They don't think priests and prophets. This is God wooing them back, saying, listen, come back to being my priest. Come back to being my prophets. You're trusting in your own abilities. You're good at it, but you're trusting in your own abilities. Come back to learn to live a life that money can't buy. Whether you've only got 10 or you got 10 billion, you can live beyond your income. You and I, doesn't matter what level of financial security we get to, you can live beyond that. And God wants you to live beyond that. See, the answer to all of life's problems is not a million dollars. Because what if you have a million and you encounter a need of 10? But if we know how to live a life money can't buy, then unless the need is greater than the divine one who started it all, who owns the cattle on a thousand hills and all the silver and all the gold belong to him, unless the need is greater than him and we've learned how to draw from him, then no matter what the need, it's not greater than him so we can live a life that money. And I ain't advocating poverty. Y'all know me better than that. I'm just saying don't trust in uncertain riches that can be here today and gone tomorrow. I remember when we first, my wife and I first, is this okay? I know I got to close. When we first went to Istanbul, Turkey, we had the wonder of arriving in Turkey the day after an economic collapse. The money system had just failed the day before. So a Coca-Cola cost you $50,000. I came out of, I'm, too much information again. I had to use the potty room. And if you're anywhere in Europe or Asia, you pay for the privilege. And the amount you pay is determined upon one or two. And so I had to go to the bathroom. And I came out of the bathroom and I had my George Jefferson lean on. I told my wife, I said, baby, you're married to a wealthy man. She said, really? I said, oh, yeah, I just paid 250000 to use the bathroom. What are you going to do when it bankrupts you to go poo? Pastor, it would never happen here. Oh, it will. It will. There will come a day when the economic system will collapse and you and I need to learn how to draw from a, an account that can't be touched. Jesus said, don't lay up for yourself treasure on the earth where moth and rust can get to it and thieves can break in and steal it. He said, instead, you store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not get to and a thief can never break into. It's possible for you. And see, when I used to hear preachers preach this, I sat there and judged them. My wife knows that I'd sit there and say, oh, they wanted my money. And I ain't had none. I thought, oh, they want my money. 
I didn't even have no money. And I, you know what? I used to come to church with no cash on me. Oh, come on now. I would come to church with no cash because I knew they were going to ask for it. And I could say, I ain't got none. Because I used to sit there and I wouldn't consider what they were saying. I didn't know what they were preaching was my deliverance. See, I'm not here this morning and I used to, I, I'm stealing this from people I used to judge. I ain't here to get nothing from you. But I don't want you to sink when it collapses. I want you to be so well resourced that if it all falls apart and to go buy a two by four cost you 10 grand, you can still build it. Mm. Listen to this in Isaiah Isaiah 55 and 5. This is after he said, come and buy without money. He said, you will also command nations you do not know. You will command nations you do not know. And peoples unknown to you will come running to obey. Because I, the Lord, your God, the Holy One of Israel, have made you glorious. He's connecting. The Lord God Almighty is connecting the glory of the house with the wealth of the house that comes to him when the world goes dark. And then he goes on to say, and we all know this verse, but you got to see the connection. Because listen, we can, never, can, we can never divorce our faith from our finances. I know that's what the spirit of religion always wants us to do. And I used to do it to my own detriment for years. Well, it ain't got nothing to do with money, baby. It's got everything to do with your money. Because where your heart is, there is your treasure. Where your treasure is, there is your heart. The spirit of religion says, oh, separate the two. You got your finances and you got your faith. The kingdom of God from the beginning until the very end says where your faith is, your finances will be. And I know your faith by your finances. Can I, can I, can I just keep it real for a minute? If somebody that didn't know you, they didn't know you listened to his radio and they didn't know you go to church on Sunday, the only access to your life they had was your checking account. Would they know of your devotion to the kingdom of God? Come on now, come on, listen, 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 listen. If that's all they had, if all they knew was your expenditures, would they be able to look at your expenditures and say, now this person believes in God? Crickets. Crickets. I'm talking about the key to living a supernatural life, to living a life that money can't buy. And every one of these steps were given to me by a billionaire. Not directly to me, I plagiarized them, but I, they're mine. <laughs> Isaiah 55 and 8 says this, listen to this, this is all connected to the same thought. My, my thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, and my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. That is indirectly connected to come and buy without money. God's saying, you see, you look at your money and think that determines the quality and the quantity of your life. If somebody asked you your worth, 99.9% .9 of people in America, if somebody asked you your worth, you're going to tell them how much money you have. My net worth is this. God's saying, I want you to reevaluate and revalue your system. 
Your, your net worth is not determined by the amount of money you've got in the bank because by faith you can go and buy without money. Because see, faith can get things for me that I could never get financially. It's already done it. I've already experienced this. Her and I have already had this. And I'm going to share stories with you in the weeks to come. I know of businessmen that built multi-million dollar businesses with no capital. I know of one guy who lived on 10% and gave away 90%. And the the 10% he kept, he lived like a king. See, we can either live natural lives or we can live supernatural lives. We can either walk by faith or not. But I know that there is coming a day when it's going to collapse. There is coming a day. I don't pray for it. I don't say hasten it. But it's in the word. And she and I have been in stores before. It was shocking when we came back to America and you'd walk in a grocery store and see empty shelves. See, it, it shocked all of you. It, we've seen it before. We lived in a communist country and you walk in and there ain't nothing on the shelves. What are you and I going to do when the shelves are bare? Is our God still the God of the supernatural? But see, listen, we... Brother Hagen, Steve, he used to tell us, don't wait until the doctor's given you a death sentence to learn that Jesus is your healer. Don't wait. We've got to immerse ourselves in the healing virtues of Christ long before we ever reach. So that when the news comes, we're already bathed in the truth. See, you and I got to now, right now, bathe ourselves and immerse ourselves in the fact that Christ is my provider. So that when the time comes, we're already well versed in it. And we can look into the darkness and say, my God will supply all of my needs. And when everyone's going, but there, there ain't nothing. He can still bring manna to your door. If all you've got is one piece of spaghetti, put it in the pot. I'll get to step one next week. I don't want to bore y'all. Make the end the beginning. No. We'll get to it. It's too important just to run through. When our master was made aware that the crowds were hungry, he instructed his disciples to feed them and the disciples talked among themselves and they realized we first off there ain't nothing out here to buy and even if there was something out here to buy we ain't got enough money to feed this many people that's a fix man all they had was two is it two loaves five fishes What is that compared to the need? But the Lord not only fed, and you heard about this last week when my wife was preaching, estimated a crowd of 20,000 people. Could have been larger, could have been much larger. Estimated 20,000 people. Two, five. 
when they were done, they filled up 12 man-sized baskets. Is that a life money can't buy? There's another story, and I'm bringing this to a close. There's another story of a widow woman in 2 Kings. She was married to a prophet. The prophet had died. She came to his teacher, and she said, the creditor is coming, and he's coming to take my two children because I don't have enough to pay the bills. My children are going to be sold into slavery. He said, what do you got? All she had was about a half a cup of oil, a flask, about a half a cup. This is what he said. I'm telling you, God has always been in the business of elevating his people to the supernatural, always. What do you have? She said, this is all I got. He said, go gather every vessel you can find. Take them from your neighbors. Take them from your foes. Take them from everybody. Anything you can pour oil in, go gather all you can find. So she did. Her sons went out and got every, borrowed from everybody. And she took that half cup of oil and she poured and she poured and she poured and she poured and she poured. She poured until every vessel they had borrowed was full. And then she said, we got any more vessels? No, mama, that's it. That's when the oil stopped. If she had had more vessels, she would have had more oil. I wish to God that we would be supernatural again. The prophet said, sell the oil, pay off your debtors, live on the rest. She went into the oil business. The grace of God is the fuel for the entrepreneur. God will put you in business. Don't trust on your own abilities. The grace of God is the fuel, the engine for the entrepreneur. You want to succeed in business, you make sure God is your partner. And don't you know, and I am I'm bringing, don't you know that when she sold the oil, that her customers were like, oh my goodness, sweet baby, Jesus, this is good. And then they'd come and they'd say, where'd you get this stuff? Because in the day we'd say, oh man, this is some good stuff. Where'd you get this stuff? Where'd you get this stuff? Who's your source? Don't, remember the wedding? Remember the wedding? Was the wine that Jesus made like trash? No, they said, this is the best. Everyone else, they served the best in the front. And then when people get drunk, or they, yeah, they reverse it. You saved the best to last. So don't you know all of our customers were like freaking out because this was super top of the line, grade one, virgin olive oil. So good you just wanted to drink it. Who's your source? Where are you getting this stuff? Who's your supply? A life that money can't buy. And we can get there in 10 easy steps.
But over the next couple weeks, if it takes me this long next week, we'll be here for a long time. We'll be in our new building before I finish this series. Which, by the way, can I say something to you about that? Can I say something to you about that? I've been begging God, God, if you just tell me where it is. And this is what I hear on the inside. And where is Zach? I know I saw Zach. Zach, what you said to Deborah last week, spot on, amazing. You blessed my wife. You blessed me. I love you. I respect you. That was spot on, man. But then I got to say this, because Deborah said, love, have you ever seen Zach walk? He walks like a king. So maybe after service, you can show me how a king walks. Because I was like, babe, I ain't really never watched Zach walk. I don't know how he walked. But the reason, I don't even know why, he's just another rabbit. But Zach talked about a time when there won't be grain. That's what you said. And there's going to come a time, what if we're going to have to know the bread of heaven? God can set us up in business, and he can afford us a lifestyle that money can't buy. And where people won't know where we're getting our stuff, what the source is, how we never run out. He's the God of the Bible. Amen? Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. I thought I'd get all the way to step five today. I guess I got more faith in myself than I deserve. Every one of these are natural steps. That if you and I'll take them, we'll never know lack another day in our life.